Hello listeners, stroke writers. Welcome to yet another UK Script Writers uh, podcast. I don't say yet another in a negative way, Danny. I, I mean it in a positive way. Another chance to think about writing. Well, it's your big return, Tim. You know, well, there's you, only a way I only missed one. You missed miss one podcast, but the amount of emails and the amount of uh, phone calls I was getting. Yeah. Saying, where's Tim? No, where's Tim? No, I thought Honestly, was, I got... I, I, I blogged about it. Um, which was a, a, a funny experience because I was blogging about it like I was a visitor to it. Um, and uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the best ones because <laughs> I wasn't in it. Well, when I say I got all those emails and phone calls, I did actually get none. So, yes. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Um, if you if you listeners haven't checked out the previous podcast, do that. It's Danny's um, special uh, interview that he did with... Uh, a writer who's new but making waves, probably a good way of su summing up her where she is right now, called Jo Ho, and she talked about same things we've talked about on here, which was great, and not in a repetitious way because her journey's been a bit different, but she talks about the same thing, perseverance, skills, research, reading other scripts, and also, you know, good bit of luck, but fortune, but that she could capitalise on straight away. So when it when when you know she had a a, a good uh, opportunity she could seize it. So that's the same things we've been talking about forever. But it's good to hear another example about that and a different angle on it. Yes. So, so well done on doing that, Danny. So we've been talking about those kind of things since July two thousand and ten, I think. So we're almost two, Probably. three years old. We'll be three okay. years old in July. Yeah. Really? So Gosh. that long rambling intro, it's like, well, welcome to the UK Scriptwriters Podcast. Yes. I'm Danny Stagg. I'm Tim Clegg. Uh, we meet once a month to talk about Ish. the UK screenwriting scene, <laughs> once a month-ish, uh, so we don't kill ourselves or get bored with each other. Um, we're modestly successful screenwriters. Tim's been nominated for a BAFTA for a short film he did with Stephen Daldry, has done a million things since. Yeah, my, my area is more, I would say, new new media. So I do a lot of stuff for the internet. I do a lot of stuff um, for games. Um, I've done one comic. Um, I do a lot of corporate stuff to earn a bit of a crust in between interesting things and working on an interactive novel and all sorts of funky things, including the current trend I'm investigating, which is the power of first person and point of view. So experiment, I guess I'm an experimental writer. Um, Danny, I'd call as like a proper writer compared, <laughs> well, <laughs> compared to my flakiness. But Danny's doing it the right way, which is getting involved in the industry, working a lot on um, uh, kids' TV shows, broadcast stuff. He's also written for EastEnders so, and Doctors. So Danny's like a proper writer for TV, I would call him as. Yes, and that would probably fit into something we're going to talk about today in terms of um, the kind of work you pursue or how you go about being a freelance person because we put a shout out mm. on the Twitter and the Facebooks about what kind of topics you'd like us to cover. Which we do quite often. We do and we like that because sometimes we forget what we've covered or we think we've, we're just repeating ourselves so we just like to ask what's on your mind. Uh, but Sophie Petzl on Twitter, who we know actually because she's a Bournemouth graduate. She is and um, you see Sophie at, uh, you, at the um, Screenwriters Festival and so on, she's always there. Yeah, no, I think Sophie's got a good story as well in terms of she's a BBC production trainee. Yeah, yeah. And she's been working across many shows and is now currently assisting script editor on Wolfblood, the CBBC show. Oh, right, right. So right. Sophie's worth a follow on Twitter, so do a search for her, Sophie Petzl, P-E-T, 
Z-A-L. Uh, she asks, um, I'd love to hear uh, you talk through the process of going freelance, making the jumps, uh, any advice, pitfalls, etc. And Brett Snellgrove, who we know as well. And wait, you've missed off. And she put a kiss on the she end. Put, well, so it, it's so a we, big X. So we, we, all right. Does that mean, that, is that a social one? That's And the small kiss. one's a personal one? That's like an in-your-face X. Okay. <laughs> Just one. End of tweet. <laughs> Oh, Brett, yeah. Um, Brett Snowgrove has backed it up saying, yeah, let's hear it, guys. Thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Tim, I don't, I don't think I know your story about going freelance. Or did you just automatically go freelance no. when you finished? Oh, you, yeah. No. I've, um, like a lot of people, like yourself in a way, um, started in a more controlled environment, <laughs> salaried environment and moved away from that slowly over time. Mm. Um, so my own story of that is um, I graduated. Uh, I mean, it's a different era and you've got to remember that I didn't train as a writer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you I, went to Bournemouth Film I School. I went to Bournemouth, but I did media. Okay, so production. I coming at, yes, I was coming at stuff from a camera and editing point of view. Right. Um, but I couldn't afford any gear when I left. So I, I, I did writing. What year was that? late 90s mid 90s 95 i graduated um and then but you know i still wanted to do stuff but um couldn't afford any gear because it was expensive people you, you couldn't afford 16 mail for instance you know so i got into writing um so while like um like so many of the other people we've interviewed over the time i had a sort of a day job working at the college doing equipment there looking after that and then i left and got into the corporate environment and i started moving from down to four days a week and three days a week um so you had a salary job in corporate and, slow, and eased out of that mm. into the freelance world and then of course when i did the freelance um uh, my initial response to that was to had to supplement my salary so i'd do the paid gigs um really whatever they were uh, to keep the money coming in uh, and, and have to spend a lot of time chasing originally the opportunities. Now, um, because I've been doing it for quite a while, I don't need to do that so much. So what happens now is that most of the kind of the day-to-day -day work, the hack work, <laughs> use a phrase we were talking about before we came on air, um, uh, comes to me. So I don't need to chase that. So that's freed up my time to now do my own projects as a producer, really. So I'm producing this uh, interactive novel and um, myself and another local writer, Scott Castle, are working on this uh, new spec thing. So we can, we've got the time now to, to develop our own stuff that's unpaid, mm -hmm. um, but retain full ownership of it because the other work looks after itself. But that's taken a long time to get to that point. And that's only because of all of your experience over the years in the corporate kind of world that that looks after itself and it sort of doesn't you can't just ignore it because mm. then that'll just tail off but what i mean is like i feel comfortable doing that now confident doing that and people respect my opinion in that field so that's fine um just get on with that get those get those jobs done there's always something interesting or I try and make sure there's something interesting in those um but if i'm not doing those what i don't need to do is spend that time worrying about the next dollar mm. I spend it long-term investment in interesting projects, you know, new features, TV specs, 
that kind of stuff. So I can do that without worrying that the wolf's at the door. Right. So I feel good, you know, that feels a nice place to be. But it does take a while. I think people want, I think that's where everyone wants to get to. Um, but they want that early. And I think it just, it, I think you've got to hold your nerve before you get to that point, really. Mm. Well, what happens or have you experienced that kind of moment where there isn't money coming in? And you're staring at the computer wondering either what your next job is but you want to work on your spec thing or whatever do you just start making a few phone calls do you generate some work or do you yeah but then you see the work on the spec stuff stops danny yeah that's what i'm saying mm -hmm. so um at that point you 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 kind of your energy's off your creativity onto your business side um so yeah everything goes down to like right better try and rustle something up but now I've started to stop, I've sort of learned to stop worrying about that. You know, things are up and down, but it tends to even out. So I've kind of stopped having that mad panic. So now if it's quiet for a month, or as I, as regular listeners will know, I, I deliberately set aside a month um, to just work on spec stuff. So if it goes quiet, that's fine. Um, head down, let's get on with some cool stuff and the work will pick itself up. Mm worst comes to the worst and it didn't for three four months then i'd have to go back to like chasing chasing the work but by that time i'd have done three or four months of good spec stuff mm. you know what i mean and that would really that would make a massive dent and probably finish off a lot of projects yeah what about you well i think the main problem about going freelance is just relying on that um income stream from mm. that from the choice you're making as a writer. Say if you're saying, right, I'm going to be a freelance writer now, yeah. let's go. Yeah. So that's not going to happen overnight, no. obviously. You might have had a bit of momentum run up now in terms of a writing portfolio and you maybe yeah. have done a couple of small gigs. Yeah. You think, right, I'm ready for the jump. So obviously the ideal in your head is I'm going to get a commission on doctors or, mm. or maybe you'll get film funding or you'll get a commission to write a feature anything like that but it probably won't come overnight or it mm. won't come as often as you want or won't, yeah. or when it does come the money won't be as good as you think yeah. it will be yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if you get a commission on doctors great but you might not get another one yeah so as a new writer you're only going to make maybe three four grand yeah and that's not enough yeah. to do anything with yeah um so i think it's about having a variety of income streams that you can fall back on yeah because it's great being a freelance i find it you know i love being freelance mm. because you are your own boss yeah and you can you dictate the kind of work you do so even if you have a bad day yeah. of yeah, yeah low inspiration right. inspirational right. procrastination you yeah. can you can make up for it and yeah. or as long as the money's being catered yeah. for in some way then yeah. that's okay i don't i don't get too guilt-ridden mm. when i don't have a productive day mm. but at the same time I try and keep disciplined in, oh, some, in some way. Yeah, you must. That's, but that's just a cut in there, Nanny. That is worth stressing because for some people, it won't suit them. Yeah. Because they maybe don't have that discipline. Just they may both, both, both don't have your discipline to get up every day and start work. Yeah. So, well, you know, I've developed bad habits, though, that I'm trying, I'm, I'm even trying yeah, to get yeah, rid of now. Yeah, I know, but there's some people that, that have spoken to me about it when I've talked to them about uh, you know different festivals and so it just doesn't suit them. Mm. They need they don't do anything without the deadline. 
you know they can't self-start anything really mm -hmm. so you know it's not for everyone it's about or they have to find a way you have to either admit it's not for you or find a way to make it work for you i suppose that's what i mean well i, I met a writer a new writer and he, he was jealous of me saying god if, if i was freelance like you i'd get so much writing done I'd, mm. I'd have all you know i'd have at least eight hours a day yeah and i'd get so much writing done yeah. and i'm like you wouldn't get any money though <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like well how are you going to actually you know you get work done yeah that might make you money yeah but um day to day you need some income exactly. coming in exactly so you've got to have a balance of for me it's i've always prioritized creative uh, side jobs mm. Instead of working at McDonald's or in a pub, yeah, 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 I've always yeah. tried to keep it on topic. Yeah, yeah. So I do script reading. Yeah. But obviously that doesn't come easy either. Yeah. So maybe I should rewind my own self in terms mm. of how I went freelance. Mm. Um, because I came over to England from Ireland in 1994. You probably are familiar with this story, Tim. I worked there for four years. Yeah. Had a great time. I was only started temping there for two weeks. Stayed there for four years. Mm. Um working my way into the comedy department and I loved it and I loved the people and it was great but I just knew that there wasn't any kind of scope for me in there to kind of yeah you know as a career or whatever mm. so <clears throat> I went freelance because I was then confident enough to pursue writing but I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight so I did some production jobs to begin with mm. and then instead of following the production route I stopped them so all my phone calls were like, do you want to work on this? Do you want to be a researcher on that? And they were all very tempting. Said yes to a couple of them and then said no to the rest. Mm. And said, right, no, I'm going to be a writer. But obviously that was just going down a dead end mm. quickly of money. So I had to say, okay, how can I earn my money? So script reading was my main focus then. And I was just lucky. I was just very lucky to get a kind of a break with script reading. And I worked my way around town to kind of read for everybody and that was my sole mm. source of income but that was feeding my writing routine and my writing yeah um knowledge yeah so that was helping my writing um but i took so that was the all or nothing approach though mm. which won't suit anybody because it's like well how bold and how brave do you want to be because how you know everybody's ex everybody's oh, no, situation yeah. will be different yeah. in terms of how much money yeah. can you actually survive on. Yeah, I think you know the lowest I've actually earned uh, has been about three grand in one year. Right, and and that we were able to scrape by because my wife was, you know, she was working full time, mm. um, and then you know when I did EastEnders and and I wrote CBC, CBC's Roy, that all happened in one year, mm. and that was my best year. Yeah. And that was my biggest kind of windfall in terms yeah, of cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then it just goes up and down. In fact, yeah. I'm bringing in my accounts to my accountant this afternoon. And, you know, the money for last year has gone down yeah, right. to from, the, from the previous year. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's normal. Yeah. So it's like you've got to... Because I don't think I'd have done what you did, Danny. Well, in retrospect, I wouldn't have done what I did. Because, no, <laughs> but at the time, the reason, I was naive reason, enough and well, enthusiastic not, enough. The reason is not for the reasons that you said almost, because, like, to me, if someone says, and it was interesting, you said you took a couple of jobs, I would have carried on with that if I found it interesting. Mm. This is the thing. I just go with a thing about is it interesting or not, and I'll do it if it is, almost. Mm. So that can mean that you kind of end up a bit buffered around. You might feel not so in charge of your career, but at the same time, I feel like it's silly to say, 
no to something interesting now for the dream of a future you know that might or might not happen or whatever mm. you know there's an opportunity now to work on something whatever it is mm. let's get that at whatever level does that sound like something I'd want to be involved in and other people, you know, nice people, whatever. Yes, they are. Then let's just, let's just do that. What we're we waiting for, you know, um, I think go back to, to like to Sophie as an example, though, someone that's just recently graduated, finding their feet and so on. I mean, my thing to her is to do whatever. So if she, I mean, freelance isn't this golden place to end up at if there's other opportunities coming in in the meantime take them i think it's good to be in the industry for for a while before you, you come out most freelance people that find it easy freelance after being in the industry for quite a bit mm -hmm. and are building contacts and good associations so you know sophie works on something that's a hit because some genius is doing it mm -hmm. but she gets a bit of reflected glory off that and is known yeah um, and I think uh, that's something that I didn't really do in the in like in the TV industry. I don't have that. You know what I mean? I've never been in it. Mm. Um, where she's got a good chance and is already sort of on her way to being in it, I'd say stick in it. Absolutely. I think starting off working in the industry in any capacity is the, a very good thing to do because it gives you contacts. Yeah. And you can make the most of those contacts. The last thing I said no to, which I do regret now. Right. Um, the last thing I said. Oh, I like a story of regret. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, uh, spill it. Was uh, to work on the second series of Spaced. Oh right. Yeah. Um, and you know, Spaced is my favourite thing. And yeah. I was big. You know, I worked at Channel Four when the first series was mm. being made. My boss commissioned it, so I knew all about it. It was mm. my favourite thing. And I'd worked with the people on the first series of Black Books. Mm. And yeah. They, and they said, "Do you want to do second series of Spaced?" Yeah. And I was like, yeah, "Of course I do." But yeah. I said. <laughs> I said no and I, you know because it's like I'm going to be a right whore so yeah. it's like you know I'm, I have to draw the line and for some reason I drew the line then when, <laughs> when you know if I had you whispering yeah. my, my, yeah. my ear be like no do do, do, that. do, 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 do it one more time they're, go they're going to make Shaun of the Dead the year after you could work on that or yeah. and maybe then have a better you launch you wouldn't want to have done that either though. well maybe but unless it, you had written it and you weren't going to write it well maybe just to get into development or something you know just this is the thing to get more trusted as like yeah. He's, he's really interested in scripts. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, just as a little sideline or a refocus on the topic, if you look at any successful person from business mm. to creative, they've, what it boils down to, they've worked harder than, than you. Mm. They've had an extra discipline. They've had an extra insight. Mm. Uh, they've had something about them that has marked them out into that successful path. Mm. Um, either intentionally or not. So it could be raw talent sometimes, but it's usually combined with mm. discipline. You know, business people, they're in the gym at five o'clock in the morning, yeah, they're yeah, in the yeah. office at six, you know, yeah, those yeah. kind of people. Um, when I chose to do script writing, and I said, right, I'm going to do it, and I'm, and I'm going to be different to others, mm. this wasn't me thinking about what I just said. Mm. This was me just thinking randomly at the time. And because I'd seen people submit their scripts to Channel Four, yeah, of so I'm not going to be like those schmucks. Yeah, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to be good, and this is how I'm going to do it. So I laid out a schedule for myself yeah, in terms yeah. of script writing is going to be my area of expertise, mm. and I'm going to read more scripts than anybody else has right. ever read in their right. life. Right, right. Because that's the only place where yeah. I'll really learn. Yeah. Um, and I was interested in the books, and I did read them, and yeah. they and they helped. Yeah. 
But reading scripts was where I just, I was reading scripts nonstop. Yeah. Um, and that's why I can read scripts to this day, because yeah. I know, as you say, you, you don't particularly like it. Nobody liked reading a script. No. Um, but luckily as well, I was, I got paid for that. The money is yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Um, but even if I wasn't getting paid for it, I would still be reading as many scripts yeah, as yeah, possible. Yeah. And that gave me, you know, knowledge and insight. And you learn about the history of screenwriting. You learn about the context of things and how yeah, the industry yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. And all of that helped. So, it was, yeah. But it was four years later after I went freelance and was kind of writing full time and reading full time. It was four years later that I got my first TV commission. Mm. And um, I got an agent and I won the BBC mm. Tony Doyle Award. Mm. And to me, that was a great time because it was validation yeah. and it was like yeah, science yeah, that yeah. I was doing the right thing. Everything yeah, was going yeah. in the right kind of area or direction. But those four years flew by kind mm. of thing. But those four years were, were tough as well because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was earning 10, 12 grand a year yeah. maybe. Just yeah. solely on script reading, yeah. which is less than what an intern makes yeah. or yeah. would make even today. Um, no, but I, I was I was prepared to do it. So what are you prepared to do mm. in order to kind of just go right? I'm going to do it. There's going to be some sacrifices. I'm not going to have as much money. I'm going to see. No, I'm not going to see my friends as, and family as mu as much socially anyway. You know, is my boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband going to support me? You know, because people have different things in their life, people, mm. you know, illness to contend with, I just know, all those kind of things. But Danny, I want to sort of stop you on the way that you phrase that, um, because I don't want people listening to this thinking, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I am. And I don't want them thinking that they're a kind of, they're not, they're not worthy if they're not up for sacrificing those things. I think the people that aren't up for sacrificing all those things are quite smart. Mm well yeah, yeah. Well, don't, don't well, give up the day job is what it comes down to yeah why would you give up all that stuff for a bit of writing mm. that's crazy yes you swap it for another industry you look like an idiot okay so i want to work in a shop what i'm going to do i'm going to spend four years practicing working in a shop i'm going to learn every till how it works and get the master of giving you back your change or whatever just for the opportunity to work in a shop at the end you'd go well what and what are you talking that's stupid why would you spend all that time on for just some crazy job at the end of it the point is you don't you know you, you don't have to if things are if you're interested in other stuff then don't feel bad to have a detour on that. Yes. Did you, do, do you know what I mean? I do. Well, I tell you what, though, is you just brought it up in terms of my own situation. I think if I'd continued my day job in any way, shape or form, mm. I wouldn't have had the discipline or the energy or, uh, to do my writing. Really? I'd, well, not as good anyway. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. not as kind of as involved or everything would have been a lot slower in terms of progress, that's but, for sure. But... I mean, this without. Getting, but it still took four years. <laughs> but without, yeah, and without getting all it's a wonderful life about it, Danny. You know, the it's point harder that, now than it ever was. The point is, if you were, if you'd have gone down the production route, and you'd have worked as hard on that as you have on your writing. Mm. So there's a lot of ifs in this, obviously. Then you could be head of whatever by now. Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, but I don't want to be head of whatever. Well, no, I'm quite I'm interested saying, in development, some, yeah. and I'm, you know, I, I like working with new writers, and I like, I like getting involved with scripts and giving notes yeah. and stuff. And I'm, I think I'm good at that. Can I just point out one more thing, or maybe it's the thing to end on before we go on to part two? But 
I think anyway, let's just reflect on this, that there's probably is no other route for anyone else except for freelance anyway now. Yeah, I think nowadays... As opposed to what? As opposed to what? Being a salaried person somewhere? There's hardly any of those anymore, Danny. Mm -hmm. Well, I was speaking to a friend who works in business and he was talking about how delicate situation is. And, mm. and a business colleague of his, his said... Um, are, are you worried about you know the future kind of thing? It's just like, well, I'm I'm definitely employed for the next three months. Yeah. Um. So that's that's good. That's a positive thing. Yeah. And in a freelance world, you could get a job or whatever mm. that would tide you over for three months as mm. well. Mm. So sometimes there's very little difference. This is what I mean. Especially in the media industries and the creative industries, like you know, like you say, you you, you might feel I'm not freelance. I, I'm on a contract. Mm. Yeah, that could be a month or six months or whatever. I don't think there's much difference between being freelance and having a six month contract. Really? Yes. Six month contract is just a big bit of freelance work, isn't it? Yeah. You know, is another way to look at it. So in that way, probably everyone listening to this is in some sh shape or another they could define themselves as being having one foot in freelancing already even if they're not both feet what you'll find either freelance or whatever kind of half and half you are is that opportunities will come around mm. and you just have to make a decision about them mm. i think yours when you went to dundee for nine mm. months yeah to do that computer yeah. game that yeah. was an interesting freelance kind of decision yeah. but obviously you're under contract and living in a different yeah. place for yeah, nine yeah, months yeah. Uh, I was offered a script editing job on a great series that I really wanted to do, mm. uh, but it was it was the year you had to be in London, yeah. and we live in Bournemouth, obviously. Yeah. Living in London, not a problem, mm. you know, because you did the Dundee yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, you, could, yeah. you could do it. But I had a, a writing gig that was coming up, which was more important to me. Yeah. So I turned it down. I turned down the script editing job yeah. to do the writing gig. Then the writing gig didn't. Pen out. Oh no! It was, that was taken away. Oh no! So I was left with nothing on either yeah. side, and I was really pissed off. Yeah, that is bad news. Bad luck. Because I turned down. But things do come in. Do things do come in, at, at, in twice? You know, twice at once or whatever. I mean, the only time I've had something picked up by the BFI, mm -hmm. like we want to fund this, I, was, I, I had to say no to. <laughs> What's that about? Because it who always, says no to funding? It already been picked up. <laughs> Because you're too slow. Yeah. Which I enjoyed saying, like, you know, you always stay in ages getting getting back in touch with me. Well, this thing you want to find you too late. Mm. You should have, you should have said yes quicker, guys. You know yeah. what I mean? So I enjoyed saying that because it felt like a little bit of revenge. But it's also been like, well, I haven't been anything since that I've <laughs> wanted to go for. That's <laughs> a bit of bad luck. But that's how it seems to go, isn't it? Things come together all, all at once sometimes. Yeah. Well, so even if you have a bad moment or a bad period. Um, just it will it will there will be other opportunities mm. other things will come up if you're doing things in the good proactive way mm. and a good discipline about whatever it is you're doing it's like my to-do list is reading writing other yeah uh, so it's like what reading do I have to do yeah what writing do I have to do and what are the other miscellaneous rubbish that I have to take yeah, 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 it, yeah. you are your own business so there's admin there's tax there's all that kind of rubbish so I hope that was helpful. Uh, but any follow-up questions or clarifications, do shout. Yeah. Um, we we got another question actually. We can talk about quickly. 
uh, Dominic Carver, our oh, old no. mucker on oh, Facebook. No, not Dom. He has asked, "Can you tell us all about funding, <laughs> mostly concerning development money?" Well, I wonder why he's asking that. Yeah, how long's <laughs> a piece of string, Dom? But um, at the same time, we do have a kind of a roundup of the key places where you can get funding in this country, yeah. mainly for feature films, but a lot of it too is um, TV initiatives, or they'll have kind of sub sections for TV. Uh, initiatives not as common though as features obviously uh, but should we go through them quickly Tim uh, well yeah we, we should go through them but we don't want to go through them all if you see what we're I'm not going to read a list but because we, you know, a list is hard to listen to things you should know about I think it might be handy just to break down what these things are just off the top of our head so it's not like we're reading it kind of thing BFI has yeah. film forever which is their new scheme that's going to is rolling out over the next yeah, few yeah. years that breaks down into three strategies um, one is education, two is investment and funding, and three is film heritage and stuff. Mm. Uh, so that's details are all, are all on the web website. BFI does have funding itself then for first-time directors and documentaries, but for film script um, funding, I think that's broken down into the regional agencies like Creative England, Creative Scotland, yeah. and Film Agency of Wales, and Northern Irish screen. Well, they seem to do the the hard work. Yes. Well, Creative England has quite a lot going on. They've got the elevator scheme, which is for kind of more established people who want to take themselves to the next level. So they call it the elevator scheme. See what they did there? Very clever. Taken to the next, going up. Yeah, it sounds a bit corporate. But anyway, uh, they've got eye features. Uh, they've got development fund for scripts, and. Um, Northern Irish Screen and Creative Scotland and Wales, they have kind of similar mm. but different yeah. things. So it's all on their website. And we, I have all the links here and I've got all the details, so I'll put them up. But the media desk funding is European-wide, but also very kind of useful to keep a tabs on. Skill set, obviously, is for your training funds. There are smaller things that you might not be aware of, like the Cinema and Television Benevolent Fund, which is a charity. Um, so that's worth kind of checking out, and that, and something else called the John Braeborn Awards, which helps you if you've been disadvantaged in any way. Uh, but then there's the First Light Fund for younger filmmakers, um, Ideas Tap, which again is for younger filmmakers if you've never heard of that. Uh, on the science side, there's Nesta and Welcome mm. Trust that w welcome do various initiatives. And then uh, Guiding Lights, which is not funding, but it is mentoring, and it's something every writer should be kind of aware of. Uh, and then there's other kind of funding to do with arts council and lottery funding that you should be aware of and should check out. Mm. And then what you were saying earlier, Tim, I mm. think maybe off mic in terms of using your own initiative about funding. Well, yeah, because all of those things are 100% directed towards film, which is great. Uh, obviously um, but you might be doing something that okay it's a film but the funding might not be only for film so there's various things that obviously if you're tackling an issue then there might be a body that represents that issue or job sector or something that wants to promote that in a positive light so they might have a kind of a publicity fund that um, uh, artists might tap into, poets might tap into, or whatever, if they want to look at that issue, say, 
um, regeneration of uh, inner cities. You might have a film about that. So um, you, you'd have to dig a bit deeper because it's not that you want to fund a film, it's that you want to make a piece of art around this issue. Yeah. And so therefore you need to find out who represents that issue. Mm -hmm. Then you could even dig a little bit deeper still, which is to think about... Um, um, just think how to sort of phrase this really... Um, that, that, that there's that there's sort of people out there that are interested in that. So not, I'm not talking the Kickstarter, that's why I was trying to sort of phrase it in a way. I'm not talking about a Kickstarter thing where you, you're just going to general public. I'm saying you're targeting people that you know are interested in this issue as well. Will they help and support your film? Just as last year they helped support a big exhibition about that. Um, or... Um, we know that they've um, bought some ad space to publicize it. You're like, yeah, I know you've done those things. I'm doing this. Maybe we could team up. And then you've got kind of a, a backer, if you like. Um, so I think there's quite a few different ways to to think about it. Now, this has to be more for issue-based films. Yeah. Obviously, just, if yeah. you're just doing a slapstick comedy, I don't know where you go. Yeah. Um, but if you were doing a black and white slapstick comedy, you might tap up Paul Merton because you know that he loves it. Do you yeah, see what I'm saying? Exactly. There can be ways of there can be ways if, around. If it. you're things in space, you could contact an astronomy group, all that kind of thing. Just all that kind of thing, mm. and just um, uh, think a little bit sideways about it because mm. these these they still go for the list of the uh, places that you've identified, Danny. Because why not? Well, I that shouldn't be that that what that's not a limit that's not a limiting list as yeah. in if you did everything there that's not all you could do no you've got to go for everything on that list but the thing about that list is every Tom Dick and Harriet is is going for it mm. and they're all it's yeah. pre it's pretty kind of structured application um, and a, and it is what it's kind of selfish on our part going just give me money for my film help me fund me yeah. Um, and so the kind of wider community project or kind of something interesting is a bit more kind of appealing because more people get more out of it. It could be, but it could make the experience richer. But also for the official kind of submissions to the other places, if you can attach yourself to a production company or, yeah. or have a producer endorse you or a kind of a director that's kind of well known, yeah. anything that makes your application more attractive or rather than... This is a new person from Devon. Yeah. We've never heard of him before. Yeah, but what I'm saying we is can that, easily yeah, ignore him. All that, and I'm saying if you go, if you apply to Creative England, and you say, right, let's just, let's just, let's not even dance around it, right? So I'm doing this, or developing at the minute this road movie, comedy road movie about a group with Down syndrome or other learning difficulties, going across country on a mission of mercy, comedy scrapes bit of adventure laughs and all this right great so i've got this is exactly what i'm thinking about at the minute so yeah we can go for um a creative england and apply, you know go to those guys with it but you know i've already roped in an award-winning theater group um with actors that have different learning difficulties i don't think that's enough but that's a good start you know, with Tony that runs those sort of groups in the past and uh, is looking for new opportunities, he's thinking he can go to the Down Syndrome Association and whatever 
try and get them on board. Maybe they want to chip in a bit. Now, our application then to these places, to the film people, will look ten times better because we've we've collected together the sort of the to to quote uh, George W. Bush, the coalition of the willing. You know what I mean? Of people that are up for it, that believe in it, that are stamp, you know, sort of stamping it to say, you know, we think this is going to be good. Mm. Um, and this is, you know, on board with what we want to do, and we'll be supporting it, and we'll be publicising it already. It just makes the whole thing look better, doesn't it? And it works the other way around because if you, if it's just me rocking up and saying, "Yeah, I'm doing this film to Down Syndrome Association or something," they'll be like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, is this going to be a proper film?" Mm. But if I can say, "Well, we're going to be putting into Creative England, or Creative England has shown a bit of interest into it." it seems good um you know i've been along to film four to talk about it to them as well and you know they gave me some polite conversation about it mm. but that's useful mm. and so you slowly build up a, a, a little source of pots i think the problem comes when people think that go, that applying to the film places is the only route and that they will a hundred percent support it they won't anyway you know they'll only give you depends on the scheme 50% to 75% or whatever anyway mm. so you might as well start maybe elsewhere and go to these places later mm, exactly but yeah we'll put up this online in some shape or form either just everything we've talked about in links or I'll put it into a booklet and uh, we can go from there yeah um, just a nice roundup of things in the UK um, so there you go thanks for listening and thanks for not skipping those who listen <laughs> uh, and didn't skip on their commute to uh, work and stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, Stay exactly. in that job. Don't go freelance. Yeah. So I felt felt a bit heavy this time, Danny. No, so that's I think, good. I think next time we should keep we should look at some craft stuff or keep it a bit lighter. So that's very businessy this time, but mm, that's all right that's in balance. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, that might have maybe depressed everyone. Is what I'm thinking about on their commute. Oh, to work, just but, but don't. Don't yeah. let don't let don't 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 let it affect you in that way, guys. Just keep, you know, keep writing. That's the main thing. We come back to that. That's our macro advice for the entire podcast: is keep at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in the meantime, yeah, definitely send us any questions you've got about craft or characters or structure. Or anything. We could get back into that angle a bit. I'd love that. Um, uh, rather than talking about the business all the time. Cool. Well, you can email us at ukscriptwriters at hotmail dot com. And we, you'll find us on Twitter and on Facebook uh, uh, with UK scriptwriters. Um, we've got our own blogs, projector films. Mm, yeah. Dot blogspot.com and dannystack.com. Um, and that's us, really. So yeah. thanks for listening. If it was your first time or if it was your second time, thanks for coming back. And for your regular, you're awesome. You're our awesome. favorite person. Ever. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see you next month. All right, then. Cheers. Cheers, then. Bye.